Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Oh! Oh! Well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> man, man, I'll tell you what, Lucas, I'm gassed. I was at the climbing gym today. Set a hot V5. Nice, nice. I feel like V5s are getting harder these days. They really are. They really are. Um, I don't know. Uh, this is like the first big send for me. I've had a couple good sends. My first good send in a while, I feel like, at the gym. Because, um, you know me, I, I mean, I wasn't really climbing before I left for Europe. So I was like two weeks off there because I hurt my finger. And then also I wanted to take just like reduce my risk of COVID as much as possible before I went to Europe. So I like, I did like nothing for two weeks. It was awful. Um, went to Europe, had a great time, got back, got COVID immediately. So I also didn't climb for like another week and a half or two weeks or so. And then I'm just like finally starting to get back into it. And I remember my first session back, I was like, God, I am fucking weak right now. I couldn't climb shit. Um, but been doing it more and um, had a great session today. Talked to my nice. gym crush. That was exciting. That's By talk, a fun thing. I mean, had a very, very like five second, um, what's the word? Five second um, interaction. Exchange. But it, it was enough to, to I, I might go for 10 seconds next time. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Um, and I crushed a great V5. And today was my first day in a long time. Granted, I was, wasn't climbing very crimpy routes, but I had no finger pain today climbing. And I didn't even use That's tape great. today, which is great because I've been kind of cheating and using tape. So I am like totally on the climbing train again. I want to get better again. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like because we, we went climbing only one. I only went climbing once last week and then we we lifted one day. But I have like degraded so much in terms of like climbing skill, which is really disappointing. But man, you lose it quick. Like if you don't, I feel like when we were like when I was climbing a lot, it was like a few months ago. It was maybe two, three times a week. Now it's like, you know, with travel and, you know, just being busy with life and, you know, trying to stay on top of, you know, hanging with friends and family, Katie, whatever. It's like kind of down to like a one week, maybe two a week thing. And uh, I'm kind of getting back into it, but it has been a slow climb, <laughs> climb back up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, glad you sent that V5, dude. That's uh that's dope. And the gym crush thing, that's that's honestly just as dope. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Big uh, steps. <laughs> dude, so I, we got to talk about this because I know we both started watching this show. Uh, but I want to get it out there to the audience. The show Players yes. is incredible. Yes. You haven't finished it yet, so no. I, can't, I can't talk spoilery about it. But uh, if anybody out there is super in to... It has any sort of ancillary interest in esports, or even like if you're into sports documentaries and you're a gamer or into sports and you are a gamer, I believe that this show Players is the show for you. It's a mockumentary about an esports league team. It's probably one of the best shows I've seen all year, probably in the last couple of years. Uh, Matt's maybe halfway through it. Better I than Succession? Honestly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that I enjoyed my watch through of players more than I enjoyed my watch through of Succession. Really? At well, the end of the day. that's yeah. not surprising, actually. Succession well, or players is going to hit a lot more closer to home than billionaires will. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. And then, I mean, I think that Succession's a higher quality show. It's like prestigious. You know, it's HBO. It's mm -hmm, got a mm -hmm, huge mm -hmm. ensemble of, of like, you know, very prestigious, extremely great actors. But players is just like, 
it's so unique. It's a very, very unique show. And for those of you that have seen American Vandal, it's the same creators as American Vandal. So it's got this mockumentary style that's very, very good at world building um, in, a, in a fun way, like not world building in like a Game of Thrones way, but yeah. world building in like a, all these characters have a complete history. All these characters feel like real people that are actually in a documentary, which is really cool. Um, and after all that, I am now watching the LCS, which is happening. Uh, playoffs are just right around the corner here. So uh, I've been watching, you know, as as the audience knows, I've been playing a lot of League lately and uh, really hating it. Just really having a bad time the whole entire time. So now I'm just watching it uh, in the LCS and it's been a fun time. Yeah, League's a weird one, huh? I, um, I just don't get it. I got mixed feelings because I, I I haven't finished the show like you have, but I watched, I've watched, I think, I'm either on episode three or four of Players. I'm enjoying it so far, but... It's making you play more league, which I have mixed feelings about because <laughs> like, I don't know. I just like I always want people to be the best versions of themselves. And I just don't know if the best version of Lucas grinds league. I'm just going to hit gold <laughs> and then stop. I'm, I'm really I'm more upset right yeah. now with Riot than anybody else because mm -hmm. they the points I'm getting for wins is the same amount of points I'm losing for losses, which makes zero sense at a low rank would you not like when you win a game of tft don't you get like 20 25 lp uh depending what rank you're at like if i i'm in gold four i was in gold three right before you recorded this podcast and i got uh, demoted i got uh, livid anyways um <laughs> what was i gonna say yeah i went um yeah give her you get like 35 40 for first place at, in gold Oh yeah, I guess the first place, second, third thing does does apply in TFT. But I should be getting more for a win than a loss at this rank, which is like silver one. You sound very That's entitled. Yeah, yeah. No, dude, I play with like I'll play with Zulu, and he'll he'll just get more LP than me. He'll just get twenty five, and I'll just Better get player. like fifteen. We both win. <laughs> it makes it so, he uh, wins anyway. harder. Somebody tell somebody tell Riot to fix that. I don't get it. I've actually read that just the best way to rank up is to just make a completely new account, and you will just level up faster, which is really annoying. I think about trying that pretty soon. Here we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I think undoubtedly League is a really fun game to watch uh, for sure. I think it's like a really cool competitive game if you understand kind of the what's going on. I know it's like, confusing for new audiences, but um, just the you know, 5v5 competitive arena style competitive gameplay is really, really fun to watch for sure. So recommend the LCS uh, playoffs are coming up around, around the corner. For those of you interested, you're probably going to see it all over the front page of Twitch. So just be on the lookout for that. And speaking of games that are kind of fun to watch, today's game I think is kind of fun to watch. It's interesting to watch. That's right, everyone. Today! Meow. We are talking about the number one <coughs> hairball. <coughs> the number one feline companion simulator, Stray. That's right. The story-driven 
sort of walking cat adventure sim by uh, Blue 12 Studios released uh, July 2022, so just a few months ago. Uh, one of the more viral games on the internet this year, I'd say. Uh, showed up a lot on Twitter. I saw it a ton on TikTok um, last month. Uh, 8 out of 10 from IGN, 8 out of 10 on Game Informer, 9 out of 10 on GameSpot, 83 out of 100 on Metacritic. Uh, notably, this game actually went viral back in 2016 on Twitter uh, as the co-directors were just showing off early, early gameplay and sort of giving general direction uh, when it was noticed by Annapurna Interactive. So, uh, at, you know, became the publisher, the, the team grew, and the, the game's sort of been in production for you know, the better part of seven years. And uh, here we have it. Uh, it's been all over the place. You know, it's been getting reviewed by all the big peeps on YouTube and uh, we're doing it today. When I saw that Annapurna was the publisher, I was just like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it does. is totally, it really totally an Annapurna, Annapurna game. And for those that don't know, um, some of the other games Annapurna has published are uh, Journey, What Remains of Edith Finch, uh, Outer Wilds, so they kind of lean more into you know really supporting indie developers and really kind of the more not exclusively but like a little bit more like the kind of moody games um, that are a bit more right. maybe not action packed per se, um, but maybe more just kind of that's the word I'm looking for systems light game light lighter systems gameplay. light gameplay that just really like emphasize kind of exploration of yourself, the game you're in, and your mind. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and big, I mean, I, you called it out right there, huge emphasis on mood with a lot of Annapurna yeah. interactive games. And I think this game is definitely, uh, Damon Hatfield actually said this on GameScoop, uh, I believe last week or the week before, it's a total mood piece, uh, Stray is. And I think like, you know, that's why I say it's a pretty interesting game to watch. I actually played the first couple hours with Katie uh, a couple weekends ago. and. You know, it's a great game to kind of sit down together to just like play. She loves cats. She has a couple cats of her own. And um, we dug the music and the vibe and, you know, the animations. And <laughs> as soon as the cat fell, she would like want it. She was like, no, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's like the first five minutes of the game kind of draws you in in that way. But yeah, total mood piece, total vibe, uh, you know, really, really cool stuff. Uh, do you want to give the. Synop is there much of a synopsis really that we yeah, can get? Yeah, a little synopsis. So, um, all right, go for it. Yeah, for everyone, this is a brief synopsis of Stray. Um, not really any spoilers here, but spoilers will likely ensue here and there throughout the rest of the podcast. You've been warned. So, Stray. Stray follows the journey of a stray cat who gets separated from its pack when it falls into a deep chasm after falling on a loose pipe. Uh, into an underground city inhabited by robots and mutant creatures called Zerks that have evolved to devour both organic life and robots. Along the way, the cat meets an AI called B12. I think it's a vitamin too, actually. I think about it. B12. It totally is. It totally is. I wonder if there's anything there. Um, along the way, a cat meets an AI called B12 who inhabits the body of a small drone and thus begins the journey of the cat, the drone, and some robot companions. To get back outside. Awesome. Yeah, good synopsis. I mean, there's really not much that, that goes on there. I mean, cat is in sort of like a, a nice green place with other cat companions, falls down, gets out of this like kind of city, right? Yeah. Um, 
Now, just jumping into initial thoughts here, um, I was pretty pleasantly surprised by this game. Um, I think I mentioned to Matt before we really started playing the game, like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to like this game that much. I kind of just had like a little bit of a preconceived notion going into it that it's just going to be a typical like walking sim kind of nothing game. You know, I typically lean more towards like systems heavy games, games with really um like really cool gameplay elements, sometimes like mechanical ceilings that are relatively high. You know, I like games like that typically. Um, but we have really loved the journeys or the insides of the world uh, recently, but we also hated Dear Esther. So it's kind of a toss up sometimes <laughs> with like walking sim type games where it's, you're either gonna, I mean, it could be an inside or a journey uh, or it could be a Dear Esther. It could just fall flat on its face, right? Yeah. I'm happy to say this is closer to the journey inside point of the spectrum for me uh so very pleasantly surprised with the overall quality of this game for sure yeah you know it's like what can you say you're a cat you know and <laughs> as a man who was allergic to to our feeling friends i was enamored to see what was cracking in this game because i mean i don't really i've never i don't know how a cat moves i've never seen a cat before you know i'm allergic so it was just interesting to see like how a cat might Obviously, like not by organically interacting with the world, but how you might interact with the world through a cat and how like it, its mannerisms might be. It was kind of interesting. I will say, and we can kind of get into this more. I did expect, you know, you're a cat. You, you move like a cat. And I expected that to be more dynamic. And it really wasn't that dynamic. Like it, the movement didn't feel dynamic it felt very like it, literally everything had a prompt um like jumps from interacting with things yeah too. you couldn't jump you couldn't jump you can only yeah. jump to something yeah, yeah like a clear visual. yeah and i didn't really care for that and uh, we can kind of get into this more once we dive into game design but it felt very you know, this is something that i kind of got uh, i'll be candid but really because i knew something was bugging me about the game and i couldn't quite nail down what it was and then after i beat it i watched donkey's review on it and in short the game just feels kind of unnatural in a way that it's too intentional to just be a cat you know um so we can we can get into that a little bit no, more. no one yeah <laughs> throughout the game well yeah we could talk about that more i guess in nitpicks and stuff but yeah i mean you're a cat doing all this complex stuff going on missions like running through this city but no one ever acknowledges that you are, in fact, a cat. Like, you can't actually communicate with anybody. Yet, like, you're talking to people through your companion B12, but you, you're, the cat, are not, should not be understanding language and, like, quest lines and stuff. Like, there's no, there's no, like, reason or setup for why you're able to, like, understand and do all these, like, things that human, like, you're basically a human. Yeah. You're just yeah, basically that, like a, a regular human protagonist, except you are a cat. Yeah, and it's not even like implied that this cat is genetically enhanced or something. It's it's just a cat. But yeah. I mean, maybe these cats have evolved differently over the years through the, you know, apocalypse that wiped out humans or whatever. But it's just it's it's odd to me. And yeah, you know, I'll just get into it now. Fuck it. Um Yeah. So it it just doesn't make and God, this is like this is one of those comment like th things I'm going to say I'm going to get roasted for. Like, cause I'm going to be like, well, Matt, like just fucking deal. It's just a cat game, bro. Chill. But like, 
nothing that's happening makes sense. It all feels way too intentional, I guess. Like, this game would make more sense to me if this cat just stumbled across these robotic, you know, robotic um, AI and like the humans, we'll just call them the other robotic humans, and then just hung out around them long enough to where it like accidentally helped in whatever they needed to do, right? Like, oh, it just happened to waltz over and like put in the correct computer code, right? You know, not being clearly directed to go and do something, which is what really what the game mostly was, was just like, oh, go steal a fucking hat for me. Go steal this, go steal that. And I guess they were, I the way I, I took it was that the robot was somehow translating into cat language. <laughs> yeah, which, ex- I guess is what it was. Sense. But even then, just for the feline, the cat to, what do I call it a feline? For the cat to even initially meet um, meet the, the AI, the drone, B12, like you're very clearly following um, like prompts on a TV screen and it like arrows, go here, go here, do this, do that. And a cat shouldn't understand. I mean, obviously I understand it because I'm human and I can read. But like a cat shouldn't understand that. So an example of like how I would have rather that played out would be, oh, you know, I stumble through the sewers. I waltz my way to this room and then through enough, you know, maybe I click a computer and then I see a light turn on because I'm a cat that interests me. And then, you know, like when you point a laser at a wall and a cat jumps on it, right? And then I go and step on some buttons where the light turned on. And then I step on those buttons and the light turns on elsewhere. And I go step on those buttons, you know, or I click that button, you know, something like that would have made more sense. The trade-off, of course, I don't know if you can really truly make a video game off of that. So I'm just being very nitpicky, (laughs) but it just, something was bugging me the whole time I was playing the game and I couldn't quite like nail down what it was. And then I heard that that from donkey and i was like that's exactly what was bugging me the whole time yeah the phrase i would use is like the cat doesn't actually a cat in real life and everyone's understanding and an expectation of a cat is that they don't really have any like real intentionality with their action uh like not not all the time not in the way that the cat in this game does and you know when you play as a protagonist in a video game usually you're a human or a humanoid uh that has like a lot of autonomy a lot of intention in their actions or you know it's understood or it's implied that they just have a way of communicating with other people in their surroundings. Whereas in this game in Stray, it just doesn't make any sense. Like quite literally the cat in the game should not be able to talk to anybody in this world, but it can. Um, So, you know, there's a huge suspension of disbelief. I mean, I didn't really notice that there was something weird about it. Like when you're kind of not in the moment, but when you're kind of take a step back and you're like, wait, how did I just talk to that guy? Or like, how am I doing this? Uh, and no one really acknowledges that you're a cat either, which is kind of funny. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of, I think, to like expand on it too, it's not like, like I think the obvious, you know, um, retort to like what the feet of the criticism and I are giving is, oh, this game is, you know, yeah, you're a cat, but you're a human playing it, so they have to take it into consideration, but that you're a human, so they have to give you dialogue and stuff or whatever. But I think there's a way to make the game play organically without you even having any dialogue in those crappy text bubbles, right? Think of a game like Hyperlight Drifter, where there's no text in that game. It's all just symbols and really fucking good music and art, right? Or a game like Journey, or yeah, Journey, where the story is pretty much told through music and just the environment, you know, and there's right, no right. there's no dialogue and 
or a game even like correct me if I'm wrong inside I don't think inside had any dialogue right no yeah no it doesn't. and those games beautifully communicate the world while also leaving a really 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 good sense of wonder with what's going on here you know yeah. um because the game gets kind of weird in certain parts where <laughs> like basically the whole plot not whole there's like really only two emotional beats in the game. The first one being, or I guess three, if you count the cat falling, but the cat immediately find out the cat's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so there's really only two emotional, like big emotional beats. It's one and the spoilers. It's one when the B12, the drone realizes it was originally human that uploaded its conscience conscious into the, um, the, the servers. The network. And then by, the, yeah by proxy can now upload into the drone. And then at the end, when B12 ultimately basically dies or gets like erased for putting too much strain on their system with opening up the underground city. Um, oh man, I lost my point. Lucas, help me out. Where is it going, baby? Where is it going? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it just, you're talking about the emotional beats and like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very poorly paced game in that regard. There's only like two emotional beats and Oh, I know where I was going. It would have been much more interesting for us to have that communicated those beats through us interacting with the world or like maybe instead of, I don't know, maybe instead of the robot, the AI flat out telling us, Oh, I'm a fucking human. Maybe it sees a painting of its family or another family somewhere and it stares at it. And then it like clearly looks sad after the fact and some sad music plays. And then that can kind of communicate to you maybe what it was. Um, I don't know how well that would work, yeah. but I'm, I'm spitballing here, baby. I'm basically, basically um, and for those of you that haven't played the game, the, the main mechanic of like world building in Stray is these memories that you can collect um, that basically have where B12 just kind of explains the world to you in a very direct, very expository way. So... Like you'll go to the sewer, you'll you'll like be in the sewer and then there'll be like a little glow that you go to and interact with. And then there's like a mini cutscene where B12 just goes, oh, here are the sewers. I remember now these were used by humans and it did this and it served this purpose. Cool. You unlock the memory and then you move on. Right. That's that's all well and good, I suppose, as just a direct way to build the world. But I also do feel like it's a little bit cheap. Um, and like very easy to do. Um, I personally, I don't know what they could have done better. I mean, you, you, you name like you name some really heavy hitters with like journey and inside. And like, I think typically I like games where the world is really ambiguous and there's a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. Whereas actually stray by the end of its story answers every single question that you have about this world. Everything is fully explained. You understand who these robots are. You understand what killed all of humanity and why there's no humans left in this world. You understand where you are. Um, you understand like roughly how long these robots have existed down here and evolved and had time to like you. You, if you find certain things which are not hard to find, you'll basically have the entire story and the entire world like just shown to you completely and shown to you in a really um, direct way that doesn't have a lot of implication or. It just, it's not that interesting to me to explain a story that way, as opposed to like an inside or a journey, which, do, which explains nothing or even hyperlight drifter explains nothing. Right. Uh, those are kind of a little bit more compelling for me, 
Um, and you know, one of my nitpicks, which I, I'll, I'll formally name later, is really the story um, in that regard. It sounds like we're shitting on this game a lot. Um, we don't really, <laughs> just, we don't really have because again, this is like a story game heavily. Like the uh, we'll get into that. It's core. The gameplay is very simple, but the majority of this game is story. And <laughs> there's no, we don't. Maybe we. I, I think we actually. I mentioned this before. We need to find some place to like in our template that we go off of to like. Yeah, we don't really, really more clearly talk about story. Um, but. <laughs> So we always just kind of insert it sloppily into game design. And yeah, we're not shitting on the game, but like this is a this is a gaming podcast and we're not just going to shill something because it has a fucking cat in it. Yeah, it is a, exactly. It's not a bad game. It's a good game. To, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. And that's, I guess, you just kind of hit it on the head right there is like, I think that a lot of the conversations around Stray right now is the fact that it is a cat, right? And like... That's like kind of what's created a lot of virality around the game on like TikTok and Twitter and like a lot of highlights. It's probably the only reason that it is really even talked about is the fact that you're playing as a cat and the yeah. animations are very cute. And like I could play it with my girlfriend. It's adorable. It's fucking it's adorable. adorable. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, not going to fight that. <laughs> there's all these things like where, you know, you can just kind of sleep on like a pillow as an action. Right. As just there's animations where the cat like really acts like a cat and really feels and looks like a cat despite actually they're not being any motion capture on any cats for the development team for this game which i find very interesting there were two cats in the development studio that they based all the animations off of pretty much yes. um yeah. now uh all that being said <laughs> I, can you I, I just want, can you imagine the the guy or the girl that got like got a game design job their first big game design job and they're allergic to cats and then that they walk into the suck. fucking studio. <laughs> just I'm like sure that was wheezing put, the whole time. <laughs> I'm sure that was put into the dot into the job description when they when they. Saw I don't know, Craigslist. man. It might have been like an incubation project, you know, not really talked about. It was a uh, small team. It oh, was yeah. a small team. Yeah, it was like six. <laughs> that, or, that would be my uh, luck. Six people. That'd be my luck if I was in game design. <laughs> um, you know, I, and like I, you know, we're leaning on Donkey's kind of words here a little bit, but he even said it too in his interview in a little bit of a crass way of like, no one would give a shit about this game if it wasn't about a cat, right? If a cat wasn't the main character. Now I hate to go off of the if thing, but it just, that's sim that's, that's just a fact, right? It's just like the game, the setting is cool. The music's cool. I really, I'm really into like a lot of the mood of this game. I'm, I like the world, although I do think it could have been presented in a little bit of a more interesting way or revealed in a lot of more of an interesting way. If you were just playing as some sort of robot exploring this world or even like a human that stumbled upon this world, it wouldn't, it, you can like just apply the sneaking around, the mechanics, the acrobatics. It's basically just becomes an Assassin's Creed style game at that point where you're just jumping from building to building, just clicking A <laughs> to platform. It, it wouldn't be nearly as popular or viral as it is now. It probably wouldn't even have as good of ratings because the gameplay is very, very shallow. Yeah. So I don't want to give it the what if thing, like if it wasn't a cat, but just being factual here, this wouldn't have as much attention at all if it was just simply a cool adventure game in the exact same style with like a humanoid sort of protagonist. Um, just wanted to get that out of the way, everybody, because uh, I know that's like a lot of the kind of back and forth conversation happening right now within the, the video game sphere in general. Yeah, I yeah. was just blown away, too, by like some of the comments about this game I was reading on like oh man things are so stale right now like we needed this like I don't know I'm just thinking and kind of blown away by that one yeah 
I hate when people think that they can't just go back and play a game from like two years ago or three years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. They go like, oh, we needed, we well, one, we don't even really have that many AAA games this year. So we, it's, it, you can't even necessarily argue that we needed some sort of cute indie like Stray um, or I guess like slightly higher than cute indie like in terms of quality. But it's like this game was not, this game could have come out two or three years ago. It would have been the same, would have made the same splash, would have meant the same thing. You know, it would have cut through the noise of yeah. like a lot of the games that we see now because it has a really cool presentation and it's you're a fucking cat. But it's not like this is I, I saw like modern masterpiece even on some articles and I'm I'm pretty blown away by that. I, I really got to disagree with modern masterpiece. Um, it's a it's a cool, short, cute game, right? That's not really on the level of like some of the other games that are in its genre. Yeah. And I want to be abundantly clear. This isn't me and Lucas like. Where's the guns? Where's the action? You know, we, I, I'm pretty sure I gave Journey a 10 out of 10. We both did. I fucking loved that game. That was like a spiritual experience for me. It was, it was actually kind of crazy. Shout out to Bubbles. Uh, Bubble. Bubbles? <laughs> the guy I played the game with. Um, I, I loved Inside and like fucking Oberdin. It's just like a, not a walking simulator. But well, like I wouldn't a, call Oberdin. A, that's more of a mystery. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Well, my yeah. point is like we're not just being, I don't know, bros about this. Yeah, yeah. And I like cats. I mean, I know you're allergic to cats, but like I like, I like cats, cats too. I'm just fucking allergic. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, we can we can move on move from on. the, the yeah. whole cat conversation. But uh, um we could jump into well, we are kind of pretty much touched on game design. Okay, well, really quick, I do I uh, I want to touch on too like gameplay at its core, just so everyone understands, is very simple. You run around, you interact the world. Um, there's like prompts whenever you need to interact with something. You collect memories to learn more about the world, which when you collect a memory, then your um, your AI companion, B12, will explain it to you. You kind of learn about the robots and get to converse with them. Um, you get to run and fight Zerks, run away from Zerks and fight Zerks at a certain point. Uh, and like we mentioned, the only jumping is relatively rudimentary. You just jump along by pressing X yep. when you're prompted. You cannot fall off a ledge. Yeah. You cannot really die unless you get hit by a Zerk and uh, cannot run or the sentries. One other thing I do want to mention that I did kind of like just world building wise was what stood out to me was when you're in the slums, it's like everyone's kind of nicer. It almost has more of a working class vibe. Everyone you talk to other, you know, like it's much more of a community. And then once you get to like where it's supposed to be nicer, midtown, midtown it's yeah. totally just like like a New York vibe. Like I'm walking in kind of like whenever you yeah. bump into a robot or <laughs> yeah, like when you meet Blazer who just like fucks you over for money. I, I loved that because it was just so yeah. poignant. And it was it was all I mean, it was also a very clear, I guess, just commentary on society. Very straightforward. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I, I liked that kind of um, little thing they threw in there. Yeah. The bla- now that you're just mentioning Blazer. The blazer thing fell totally flat, in my opinion. You're really? a fucking cat. Well, it's like, he's like, oh, now I got you, you cat. But, you know, he's <laughs> like, sorry, it's nothing personal. It's just all about money. It's yeah, like, yeah. dude, I don't even know what you're like. I don't even know what you're saying right now, like, because I'm a feline animal. Right. But anyway, we've already gone down that route. Um, I the, the game design is cool to me in that like certain things are really well paced at the very beginning, like the first two, three hours, you actually start off with zero anything. There's like no UI, you can't you don't run, you just kind of walk and start jumping on stuff. And then you eventually like learn to you eventually start learning like your sprint gets unlocked. Um, you start learning that you can like jump a little bit more rapidly if you hold down X, 
or A to jump. And then even like when you get B12, you get an inventory, you get uh, a HUD, uh, and then you eventually even get like a sort of weapon to fight the Zerks in the game. And the Zerks are sort of these tiny little uh, evolved bacteria. Absolutely that, like, adorable. Kind of killing. Yeah, really adorable, but they are murderous and they'll, they'll kill they kill I everything. will say I'm glad that the death animations from them weren't graphic. <laughs> they just kind of fall <laughs> they just over. They kind of explode. Yeah, they explode. Well, no, the when, when they get you. If they catch oh, you, yeah, I was yeah. really afraid because you can't die in this game from Xerix. And I was really afraid that, oh, man, if they catch me, it's going to be gruesome. Like, yeah. you know, it's very as far as death animations go, it's very, very PG, which I it is. Appreciate. It is. Uh, but you get a gun in the game. You get a gun. I mean, it's a, a high powered flashlight. It's a high powered flashlight that you can use to destroy the Xerix in yes. the game. And um, it could overheat. So you kind of got to balance your heat and run and kind of like outmaneuver and dodge. And that was when the game was like, it was like, oh, whoa, I start off as just a simple cat jumping around. And now I like have tools, inventory, I can run, I can shoot this gun. And it just became pretty interesting right there. And then the gun goes away and you can't use it anymore. And in the second to third zone of the game, you don't even fight any Zerks. They just disappear and are not a problem anymore. Apparently they just don't exist except for in the slums. So in terms of like, where they try to go in the gameplay, it just ends up reverting. And then you you just become like a kind of boring cat again. Uh, and the inventory system is really like not leveraged to the point where it's like every item that you have in your inventory is essential, an essential component to just move the game along. Uh, you There is a point really early on in the slums where you can find like soda cans, take them to the merchant and then get extra items and do like some side quests and stuff like that. But yes. all that goes away pretty quickly um, in the second. And well, there's a little bit of side quests in Ant Village, but when you get to like the Midtown, which is like kind of the latter part of the game in the second half, um, there's every item you have in your inventory just pushes you forward to the next mainline story beat, right? So you might as well not even have an inventory. You might as well just have nothing and you just get an item, go to the next guy and then there's no mechanic that the inventory is actually leveraging since you might even only have like two items in your inventory at a time. And they could, there could just be a prompt that just triggers when you just, if you have that item in your inventory, yeah. right? Yeah. Like old games used to do. So it it's weird that the game kind of goes in this direction where you start getting all these normal, like modern game mechanic things built in, which I think the game presented really well. It's like, oh, what would a cat with a gun look like? You know, oh, okay, it's like your drone is like a flashlight and it overheats and it's like, it kind of makes sense, right? And then you have an inventory, but it's like stored on your companion and your drone and that's cool and that makes sense. And then all of a sudden, none of it matters uh, in the last like two and a half hours, three hours of the game. So a little disappointed with the game design in that regard. Um, I felt like they had something there and then they didn't. Yeah, it just wasn't. Yeah. But again, I don't think the point at the end of the day was supposed to be the game design. But yes, it also could have absolutely I, been better. I just thought it was weird that they went there and then stopped going like they they took the game design to a place and then re reverted back. Yeah, you know what what I mean? and, yeah. And also the Zerks who are sort of the villain in the first like two hours of the game just stop existing. They're just not a villain anymore. Uh, in like the, in the second part of the game. So all the buildup, a lot of like what you do from like you get like you run from them, you shoot them yeah. like they're a big element in like a lot of what you do in this game. A lot of the threats, a lot of like the heart pumping stuff in this game have to do with the Zerks. 
And once they go away, um, you don't really need all those mechanics anymore. You don't really need to run from anything. You don't need to shoot anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like the Xerxen concept. When I did get the little lore on them, I did really enjoy that, to be honest. The just bacteria. Just bacteria that just kind of went sicko mode. I thought that was kind of just a kind of cool little backstory. Um, but yeah, I wish I know, they could have included them more impactfully, maybe. Mm -hmm. But who's to say? Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, art style. So you want to go for it? You want to start? Yeah, so <laughs> this is going to sound really hypocritical because based off my critique of them not using the environment better to tell a story, this might sound really, I, you might think I didn't like the art. I actually really liked the art style. Like, same. How they utilized it aside, it did look very good. And I'm a fucking slut for like a gritty cyberpunk aesthetic. I love that. Um, so I, I really liked it. Everything looked good. You know, we, you and I both played this on our PS5s. Like the reflections looked great. The water looked great. Um, very, very pretty game. I really enjoyed how the robots were designed. And I enjoyed how, what's the word? How their monitors would like light up with whatever emotion they were feeling. I got a kick out of that. Yeah, that was cool. Um, no, I was very, very impressed with the art style. And, you know, it's kind of actually, do we know what, what engine this was? Unreal Engine 4. Okay. Um, uh, I guess that makes sense that it wouldn't be 5. 5 too new. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great. I thought everything was really, really pretty. Um, and like gritty and good. And yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the cat the looked great. You, and it, it, you, you, you clearly moved like a cat, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought the animations for the cat's body were good, but the facial animations for the cats, especially the ones at the beginning, were pretty weird looking. They like didn't move their eyes. They just moved their mouths. Even the, the cats at the beginning that just watch you fall have zero animate. Like they have zero emotional reaction to you falling, which I thought yeah. was. I know weird. when they were, uh, when, they just look at you. They were it's just so like strange. Uh, there wasn't even like a meow. It was just like, oh, there it goes. There's Tyler. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> no, they didn't, it wasn't even like a, there goes. It was they just look was at like, you like, like oh? zero reaction. Okay. It was so weird. Yeah. Um, the art style was really great. Um, I thought the art style was probably the one of the better components of the game. Uh, like, you know, it's it's sort of like a fictionalized, like, it sort of looks like Blade Runner, you know? It's like really dense buildings, uh, a lot of neon, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Asian influence. Uh, maybe like when we were playing it, Katie was like, oh, this looks like you're in Hong Kong or something. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah. Kind of had know, like um, almost like a Tokyo vibe, I thought, personally. Yeah, and it was like really dense and like, yeah. uh, you know, wires hanging from everything. You climb on the wires, you climb on the signs. There's pipes everywhere. Probably you know, more Hong Kong, or I don't know, every Chinese city, but probably more like Hong Kong or Beijing inspired because I know I watched a like a Vice documentary or something, but like it is crazy how packed you will be in those cities if you're like living under the, you know, the poverty line, like, they literally have people living in cages. It's kind of like a ready player. I saw one. that. I yeah. saw that. The micro apartments. Yeah, in Hong Kong, yeah. I believe it was. Yeah. This this game is totally like inspired, whether directly or indirectly, like you know, based off of that sort of city urban vibe, right? Um, but what I thought was really cool, and this is something I I love in real life, and I've always kind of loved in like video games or movies. It's sort of like the mood. 
you know the mood that you feel when like it's raining outside and like you're in a cozy like warm room and like there's all this chaos outside but you're like sitting in the warmth and there's a candle on and there's music yeah, playing yeah. that kind of thing the clementine's apartment is literally that in the game and it was so sick like i just felt like they were able to like really nail they captured like, that very well yeah they they captured like sort of the urban like heavy chaos but the comfort within like that sort of environment um, and they did it a few times with like some of the cities that like ant village was kind of like that um you know some parts of midtown were like that the apartments that you were in and it was just really cool you know and there was parts where even like the music really changed the mood really changed there was candles there was incense burning record players pillows crystals like it felt very human it felt like a very I thought human it was interesting place. that there were incense burning because i'm like so they can smell yeah i know there's literally even a point where one of the robots say oh this is like the one time i'm glad i can't smell <laughs> when you're going through the sewers or something i i think they that might have been with b12 humans. actually i can't remember I, I think they just emulate humans yeah, was like the implication yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I loved the art style right there. And I thought this probably had some of the best art direction of game, a game that we've played in a really long time. Um, and especially like for Unreal Engine 4, typically like a lot of what we say is if like we play a game on Unreal Engine, it kind of looks the same as other games on Unreal Engine. But this one like really looks different. Stood out very uh, well. Yes, yeah, st stands out extremely well. Um, you know, it obviously had like really good influences and in art direction in general, which is really how these guys originally got like Annapurna to really take them seriously and want to publish the game, right? It's like showing these mood pieces that they had really early on and showcasing just the nice color and aesthetic of the entire thing. Um, I, lo I love the, I can't say enough good things about the art style um, at, at all. I'd love to see like concept art or if they release some sort of like collection or booklet of like, you know, concept art or behind the scenes stuff and development. I'm sure there's there's just gold there. For sure. And, um, yeah. you know, this art team can probably do a lot more. I, I mean, imagine like this is the aesthetic that like cyberpunk wish it had, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good absolutely. Idea. Like it is such a developed environment. It's amazing. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, sound design. What you got? Composed by Jan Van Dirk Huysen. Um, I thought it was amazing. I don't really know how to explain what sounds it even was. Almost like a, not lo-fi, but like a old school, new robotic fat jazz fusion. I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, it was like lo-fi jazz fusion. Lo-fi jazz almost. fusion. Um, but like with pro robotic sound. And yeah, I mean, we should, if we can, we should insert some music in it just smooth it here at this point or we'll probably play it when we do the game reveal but yeah i just thought it was so so good um really just kind of atm <laughs> atmospheric and i'm sorry i'm laughing because i was just thinking i was the other day last week i was with lucas at the climbing gym i wanted to show him something on youtube really quick and i go into his search on his phone because i didn't have mine on me and it's just like stray stray music sad stray yeah, music. I was, I was checking it out dude <laughs> It is really I good. I was listening to it while I was putting my notes together. I listened to it a little bit while I was working today. Just really, really good moody, moody music that fit everything very well. I honestly think the sound design is probably one of the high points for me for the whole game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I Actually, mean, the, the soundtrack is the highest point of me of this game. 
Yeah, I think I might agree with you there. I mean, I think the sound design, the art, the art direction are pretty much like toe to toe in terms of like the highest quality component of this game. Um, and honestly, this soundtrack, this soundtrack is probably one of my favorite video game soundtracks I've heard in a very long time, mm -hmm. probably all year since we've been doing games this year. Um, I really, really, really like the soundtrack. And like you, you know, like you said, it's like lo-fi jazz, but there's like elements of hip hop and like EDM and like just really, really cool stuff all throughout this soundtrack. And yeah. um, it not only does it fit the world really well, like there's some individual tracks that slap, like not just moody atmospheric stuff, but like shout out to the track where you put in, you when you distract the, uh, the guy that owns like the clothing store with by turning on the stereo with the cassette. track was so good like it went so hard for no reason it was insane and then the soundtrack in the club was really good uh yeah it was uh it was a really really great soundtrack for sure uh and i mean i guess outside of that uh there's a few like sound design choices that were chill you know you, you meow as a cat it's a pretty standard sound design thing there uh the zerks are really cute because of their sound design i think like when they jump they're kind of like yeah like they <laughs> they like kind of their cute sound design is completely opposed to their like horrible nature of eating everything so that was right, kind of funny yeah yeah um yeah so i think uh anything else for sound design <laughs> there was even a, i forget where it was but there was even a some like piece of lore you could get or like talk to a robot or i think it was a note from in doc's lab um that just because he was doing research on them it was like they're they're really cute and they sound cute but they're fucking awful yeah like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny uh, yeah nothing else for me from sound design um uh, npc award um i'll go first go for it this is my start start up some con i i i liked blazer's character Okay, okay. Not the guy because, that betrays you. Not because I thought he was like good, but I just kind of what you were saying earlier, like it doesn't make sense because it's just a fucking cat. I thought it was so funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, imagine like setting up a cat and sh pointing a gun at a cat. Yeah, like I just <laughs> I, I heard it and like I heard it. I saw what was happening. Like, you know, you go up there, I'm like, all right, I'm clearly being set up, but you just go through it and just like and just the way Blazer's dressed, he's just like some asshole has like a giant gold chain on. I just imagine him being like, sorry, guy. Like, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it was good just funny. Like, Goodfellas. Uh, like Joe Pesci, Goodfellas, like, oh, yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact yeah. moment, except you're a cat. That's yeah, the only difference. Well, you're a cat. What do you want me to say, mom? There's two cats, you know, one looking at the other. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, uh, I just thought it was really funny because it was just like, why is this robot getting in like a tizzy over a cat? But yeah, I liked it. And um, yeah. B12 was too easy to pick. And honestly, I don't know. I wasn't too emotionally attached when B12 like kicked, kicked the kicked the gutter. You Died. Know? Yeah. I was just kind of like, oh, that's kind of sad. Oh, the yeah. cat's sleeping next to him for a bit. That's nice. Yeah. I don't know. The, B, the B12 thing, he felt purely utilitarian for me. Like I, I think... He was literally just so the cat could talk. That's all yeah. he, that was his only purpose. He was a gun at one point. I thought that was cool. 
Uh, and he was your inventory. That was kind of chill. But like, ultimately, it's not like he was really developed as a character. He actually was probably one of the least. Somehow he was one of the least developed characters. Like I felt like Clementine uh, was like a little bit more developed or even some of the people in the slums that you did quests for felt like a little bit more. But B12 just felt like a vehicle for exposition. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a uh, somehow, even though he was like had all the memories and stuff. I just I don't know how that happened. Um, my NPC award is going to be the poor laundromat owner that uh, mm. all the stuff just spills right in front of his shit. Uh, that was sad. I've, I love the slums in general as an area. It's like the first kind of open area in the game where you can kind of like do like these side quest stuff or like run around and explore. And like you do this thing where you like these guys are like throwing paint over like a couple of rooftops, like to move buckets of paint over and you meow to distract one of them. And then the bucket of paint falls right in front of the laundromat owner's door. So he gets super pissed and then he just like has to clean up all this stuff. And he, his, he's cleaning it up for the rest of the game. He's like yeah, cleaning up paint. It's off just the there the whole so, time. It's like, uh, sorry, my dude. He's like a victim of me just trying to move along in my adventure. Just being a menacing and, cat. And I, I thought that was also really cool because in that moment, you're like, ah, oh, I'm just a cat causing chaos. I'm just a cat with doing these shenanigans. You know, that was the like, most like cat like moment of the game, probably. Or, or where you make the the thing, the drunk guy in the back of the bar, where you like push oh, the yeah, bottle yeah. over onto him and he, you wake him up. That was also very cat like. So there's also a moment at a Ant Town where you just like there's two guys playing like a board game, like a chess type game or something, and you just jump on it, and they're just like, oh no, all their pieces go flying. Yeah. That was very cat like. Yeah, those are the probably the cooler moments for me where it was actually like, oh, yes, this is a cat. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Companion piece pick. What you got? Ooh, what do I got? Oh, I'm going back to actually I forgot what year this was even released. Let me double check. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go while you get that one. Where you get that one queued up. Uh, I'm going to go with the Disney animated cat musical Oliver and Company. You could watch it on uh, Disney Plus right now. Uh, I couldn't really think of like a lot of cat movies for some reason. I know there are some, but one of the more recent ones that I've watched was uh, Oliver and Company. I watched it with uh, Katie a few months ago. And uh, it's like kind of a little older. It's like 80s uh, Disney movie, maybe early 90s. And we had it on VHS growing up. And it's just about a cat living in New York City as a stray and just joins like a group of dogs uh, and like live with this homeless guy that owes money to like a gangster. And uh, it's like a musical. It's got like really classic Disney animation. And it's got an extremely racist character who's just a chihuahua, <laughs> but like hella Mexican. Or like, One more time, what was this called? Uh, Oliver and Company. Oliver it's just got a really outdated racial stereotype of like a chihuahua that's like played by Cheech Marin. And he's like, hey, what you doing, man? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> hey, stay away from my woman, man. Like, it's <laughs> I'm half Me I'm, I'm Mexican, so I, I can uh, I can do the accent. It's it's not it's not a problem. But it's really it's really, really outdated. Like when me and Katie. Oh, heard that, I recognize. I like, forgot. This now, yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's a. Uh, that didn't that's age very well. <laughs> that didn't age very well at all. But part of me was just like, this is kind of hilarious because like <laughs> it's exactly how we talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway yeah, Oliver you, and Company. you always talk like that yeah yeah 100 <laughs> of the time yeah yeah so uh i went with the 1993 epic homeward bound 
Uh, for those that don't remember, Such it follows <laughs> three dogs. It follows Chance, um, the Bulldog, Shadow, the Wise Golden Retriever, and Sassy, the Cautious Cat. There you go. Um, as they embark back home after they accidentally somehow get left behind, I forget the exact semantics, in the California wilderness. And it's... Um, real, real animals are used to shoot. None were harmed from what I understand. And it's not like some bullshit like CGI where they go and post and make their mouths move. It's just like... It's just all voiceover. It's just all voiceover. <laughs> oh, it's just like a really cute movie. Um, really fun. Um, if you like, we had dogs. this growing up too. We had this one growing yeah. up on VHS as well. Same, yeah, and just watched it a lot growing up with my sister. I remember, um, yeah, just a good one. Oh, it's on I, Disney Plus. I might go watch it. That um, actually would not be a bad one to watch. Um, I think Michael J. Fox is one of the dogs, if I recall correctly, in that mm. movie. Am I wrong there? I know there's like a. I feel like there's a famous actor or somebody that's playing a character. Yeah, like he plays Chance. Yeah. All right. The, yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a funny way. It's cool. Like they don't make movies like that anymore, man. They just don't, you know, like imagine, imagine you try to pitch like, oh no, they're real animals, dude. Like we're not making their mouths move. They're just going to voice. So we're just going to voice over, you know what I mean? Like nowadays you'd get a completely CGI dog, cat, everything. And uh, you get that one, that movie that just came out with Harrison Ford where the the dog is completely CGI the entire time. You know, there's a Homeward Bound too. I did know that actually. I didn't know that. Is so, it the same characters? They get same, lost again. Same dog, just they're in San Francisco this time. Oh, a little bit urban setting. That city is uh, something else. <laughs> All right. Um, almost there. Favorite moment. You got anything? I almost didn't have one. <laughs> I'll be honest, <laughs> but it was very heartwarming when you just see Doc and his son Seamus reunite. And they're just like, so cool. happy to see each other again. I like yeah, that. I like that. Um, for me, it's when uh, you kind of get that uh, evolution near like the end of the before you go into the sewer. When you get the light gun, you meet the doctor, you reunite everybody. And it feels like you've developed like these systems that, again, I, I mentioned earlier that they really pull back on. Um, I thought the game I, I was the reason it's my favorite moment is I actually thought the game was going to go this direction where it's like, oh, cool. I have an inventory now and sort of this this other resource. I thought it was gonna begin to stack different things like, oh, maybe I'll get a double jump soon. Wouldn't that be cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I get some sort of like different animation that's not a run, but more like a sneak. Maybe I'll be like sneaking around or skulking around or like something interesting, but um, that's why it was kind of my favorite moment. I thought the game was gonna really open up right there because it did open up up until that point. So, uh, yeah, I really felt good at that point in the game, and then it just sort of back backtracked a little bit. Yeah. All righty. Um, nitpicks, we already went into that enough. Um, Lucas, would you play other games from this developer? Yes, I would. So my, my take here is I would play other games from this developer. However, I do feel like this is a one-hit wonder. I'm just going to go on the record and say, you know, I hope I would never wish someone to fail Obviously, I hope Blue 12 creates awesome games and they have insanely great, successful careers in video game development. But they, you can't do the cat thing again. I just don't see that working for the audience. Uh, and I think most of the game, the success of this game know, is man. predicated they made a on the fact that you're too. 
They made a home. They made what? They made a home. Oh, homeward Bound too. They did. They yeah. did. Um, I bet you. I I will bet you a large sum of money that Homeward Bound two did not make as much money as Homeward Bound one. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so I I just don't see them doing the cat thing again, and I think the success of this game is predicated upon the fact that you are a cat. So uh, I will play the next game. We'll see how it goes. I have a feeling it won't be as successful. Yeah, I would um I would agree with that. Um, I'll play the. I mean, I'll play. I'll see what comes out. I'd be interested to see how they follow this up. This was their first big or first game they shipped, so you know maybe it is a one hit wonder, maybe it isn't. But I'm I'm very curious to see where they take their creative team moving forward because, yeah, obviously even though Lucas and I had our critiques, I mean it is pretty interesting and pretty unique to make a game where you're just a cat. So yeah, exactly. Props it's to them on that. It's different when you play something like you play Limbo for the first time or Inside, and you're like, oh, these guys got the juice like they're gonna make some good shit for a while you mm -hmm. know and like or you play something like hyperlight drifter and you're like damn heart machine is sick like what i wonder what game they're gonna make next right and i i just i don't really have that feeling from from blue 12 right now um and please prove me wrong if they're listening uh but we'll we'll see where they go yep love it all righty um lucas does this get your seal of approval it does it does mm-hmm um, it gets my Segoy. It gets my Segoy of approval. Um, oh, just like a funny thing. I don't know if this was intentional or not, or I actually don't even know how it was supposed to be pronounced because it's never pronounced in the game. But like the big trash company, Neko, N-E-C-O. Yeah. I think that's a play on um, the Japanese word for cat, which I'm like pretty confident is Neko spelled N-E-C-K-O. Um, oh. If you're doing the English alphabet for it. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of like a fun little shout out. Which okay, bring it good but stuff, Matt. Yeah. It's, it's, watch enough anime, you learn a thing or two. <laughs> um, all righty. So we have now reached the point where Lucas and I will give our each give our ratings out of 10. The score it gets from that is the penultimate score that upsurps any other gaming outlet, publication, what have you. Um, and our word is law. Lucas, would you like to count us down? Yep. Three, two, one. Seven. seven. Oh, nice. I thought you were going to give score. it an eight. I thought I was going to give it an eight as well. Um, but I don't know talk, talking through things. I, I do feel like an eight is generous. I, now I'll give it a seven. But I, I will say this game is a cool game that you can play. Like, I, I, I still think it's worth playing. Seven's I not think, a bad score. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, my my story, I played it with Katie for a couple hours and like we both really enjoyed just kind of vibing through the game, you know, and I think like it's a very noob friendly game. Obviously, it's not super mechanically like difficult or anything like that. So I think it has a lot of accessibility things going for it and reaches broad audiences and is a fun, chill game to to play through for for a small period of time. So I'm not going to shit on it for anything like that. Uh, obviously didn't have any like major bugs or issues or anything like that. So you got to give it credit. Um, I'm just blown away by the soundtrack and the uh, I did have one bug, actually. Um, oh, you did. Was it the guy that was floating there? No, I was. It was when I was leaving. I think I was leaving the I think it was after I stole the atomic battery. Uh, I was leaving that center or whatever, and there's like a, a really big uh, zip line on a bucket you take. And while I was in it, shortly after it started, I accidentally, like my hand slipped and I pressed X, and the, uh, the cat just hopped out, and it was just floating there in midair. 
So I had to oh, reload, reload the save, yeah, uh, which is kind of annoying. One but bug, one bug. One bug. So one bug I'll consider not too bad. Um, yeah, seven for me. It, it's interesting. I was going to give it an eight. Well, what I really wanted to give it was a seven and a half. That's like my true score, but we don't really do that here. We just don't do that. It's either we only go by whole numbers. Decimals freak me the fuck out. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to up round up just for the sake of rounding up. And like for me, an eight is a game that I sit down and I'm excited to play. For me, this game was uh, I got a couple hours. It's time to knock out some some stray. This will be a cool experience, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, and that's like a difference for me. Um, again, I know we shot on it a lot and all thing considering how much we sh- I, sh- I critiqued this game. Seven is not bad. Seven is yeah. normally I, I would have, you know, fucking like tanked it with a three or something, but no, seven is a good score. I liked this game. I just think it was really overhyped is I think my point at the end of the day. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, people giving it perfect scores and calling it a masterpiece is pretty mind blowing to me. And, uh, probably haven't played journey, you know? Well, yeah, (laughs) I think the game is like just hitting audiences of people that don't normally play that many video games. And like stray is probably like a huge, wide net audience that is playing video. I mean, one of the reviews here that gave it a five is the guardian. And like, I don't, I don't, you know, the guardian's not like a huge video game. They don't review video. They don't review every video game. You know what I mean? It's like, they're only, it's, it's something that has such a cultural reach. It's such a big, big game in terms of virality that it's sort of like getting reviewed by publications that don't normally review games. And a lot of them, I think are overinflating the rating on, on like Metacritic and things like that. That's just my take. Um, you know, Barty stated my opinion about how the game's not bad, but it's definitely not a masterpiece and not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agree with all that. But yeah, again, seven guys, not, not a bad score. Not a bad score. Uh, all righty. Well, I think that's all we got today. Everyone, as a reminder, you can find the podcast online. You can find the podcast online at TFP podcasts. That's at TFP podcasts with an S at the end. Um, that is Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. That is our handle. Uh, we're we're picking up the TikToks, guys. We're picking up the TikToks. We've had some we good are. TikToks lately. Um, so give us a follow on TikTok, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all the good stuff. We're trying to be more active. Um, in the link tree on each of those handles, you can find a link to our Discord channel. Coming out, it's a good time. It's the best place to go get in touch with myself and Lucas. Pretty much any time of day, honestly. Especially during my work day. I just have Discord open. So it's just like, if you want to chat with me, if I don't got nothing going on during work, I'll probably probably say hello back. Um, if you want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at Good Idea Matthew. Um, I mean, I'm. I think I might be in my my, my Twitter phase. Yeah, dude, you've been I, tweeting I, a lot, right? I, I've been I've been tweeting a lot. I think I'm. I think I'm trying to be an e boy. I don't know. We're we're at a crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but come hang out on Twitter with me. It's a good time. Tweet about whatever soccer, anything, gaming, anime, all the good stuff. And as always, everyone, if you haven't already, tell a friend about the podcast, you know, spread the good word. We'd love to get more wonderful people like yourselves in the community and hanging out and having a good time. And we hope to get more of you. Lucas, where can we find you? Oh, and you can just use the email at pod at gmail.com and our website, explain.live. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you could find me in the Discord server. Obviously, uh, been playing a little bit of golf with your friends. That's been a fun time. Got into that last week. Got pretty competitive. Um, been playing a lot of League of Legends and just hanging out in Discord. Uh, like Matt said, pretty much all day during the day. 
um, responding to stuff whenever we can. But feel free to message me there. Um, or feel free to give me a follow on Instagram at goodideaLucas. Oh, and please follow the TikTok. We got some we got some hardcore content going out there. Hardcore content on, hardcore on TikTok. Content. Yeah. All right, everyone. This has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scooby Bop. Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Royal Call Bunch and Red Circle 